It's Tuesday, January 31st, 2017. We're reading from the Tao Te Ching. And this week, we're reading from the Raymond Blakeney version. And we're on chapter 12. The five colors darken the eye. The five sounds will deaden the ear. The five flavors weary the taste. Chasing the beasts of the field will drive a man mad. The goods that are hard to procure are hobbles that slow walking feet. So the wise man will do what his belly dictates and never the sight of his eyes. Thus, he will choose this, but not that. In a comfortable position, upright as always, head resting above the spine, let the eyes close gently if you're somewhere where that's possible. Breathe from your belly and just notice it rather than forcing it. And we will sit for 10 minutes. Sitting upright enough here so that so that your heart is open. And so that you become aware of whatever whatever emotions might be in your torso. Whatever might be present in your breath, in your belly, in your solar plexus, in your chest, in your heart, and in your neck. Can you just sit 
with all of it. No labels, no changing it, no wanting it to be different. It just is. As the thoughts come, can you just let them pass? And forgive yourself if you can't. And return to your breath.
Where is your awareness now? Let it be in this moment. <clears throat> yep. I'm still here. And so are you, by definition, since you're listening to this. The five colors darken the eye, the five sounds will deaden the ear, the five flavors weary the taste. Chasing the beasts of the field will drive a man mad. The goods that are hard to procure are hobbles that slow walking feet. Atsu is telling us that, that running around and searching for external validation and pleasure is a fruitless pursuit. The master is guided from within. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this is as good a time as any to talk about my my thoughts on the term soul. So what do we mean when we use the term soul? when we connect with that <clears throat> deep truth within us, what, what exactly are we talking about? Is this something intangible? 
Is it something that exists outside of the visible universe? Or do we mean a purely biological phenomenon that's mundane and subject to all the known laws of physics? So here's something to consider. Each of us, you and I, are not, in fact, our apparent age, whether that be 45 like me, or 75, or 22, or 40, or 60 like you. Instead, you and I, each one of us, is an individual product of billions of years of evolution. We each have that history embedded in us right now. And it's not just in our DNA that I'm talking about, but in every single aspect of our appearance and every facet of how we interact with our surroundings, our environment, and how that environment influences and shapes us too. And that's true not only for us as humans, but for every single self-replicating entity on this planet, from viruses and bacteria to tube worms and moss and algae and Venus flytraps and killer whales and Douglas firs. I, uh, I had a discussion recently with a friend who's a big fan of Sam Harris. And if you don't already know who Sam Harris is, he's sort of a celebrity atheist who opposes the concept of free will, and he's even written a book about it. This friend made the case that there's no such thing as free will, which is basically what Sam Harris argues. That every decision that we make is either directly caused by outside factors, most of which we're not aware of, or it's purely random. So he made the point, as does Sam Harris, that there's no part of us which lies outside of our universe. And since our universe is causal, our decisions are therefore subject to the same rules as the entire rest of the universe. So, by extension, the feeling that we are making our own decisions or making a decision is simply illusion. There was, there was something about all this that really pissed me off and rubbed me the wrong way. And when I look at what it is about that argument that really bothers me, I think it relates to how we then react once we hear it. Because it has the danger of turning us into apathetic fatalists if we're persuaded by it, but, but don't fully understand its meaning. And we'll just see ourselves as robots. And I think that the danger that we'll misunderstand its meaning is very great because it's my suspicion that, that most of the people who make the case for this misunderstand its meaning as well. But the sad fucking truth is that as I searched around for the counterpoint to this, for some defense of free will, 
I came up empty-handed. So really, I do believe that most of what we decide are not acts of free will, but are in fact responses, ultimately to something that our conscious will didn't create. But remember that billions of years of history in all of us that I just mentioned. See, no one would be crazy enough to argue that the way that a worm responds to a light shining on it is somehow a product of its childhood or what it was taught or something like that. You know, the vast majority of that response is a response learned over time. But the length of time that we're talking about here dwarfs any one worm's lifespan. It's, it's a response that's learned over the lifetime of the species and even predating the species, perhaps. And where one worm's response differs materially from another worm's response, then we can point to differences in that particular worm's genetics or in some factor in how that worm grew up and what it was exposed to and what it ate and so on. Okay, so back to us. You know, Carl Jung was the first to document the presence of archetypes in our myths in our dreams and in our unconscious processes. And he also noticed how a person's dreams could contain mythic imagery that would be completely unfamiliar to that dreamer, but which fit with the archetypes that are common to humanity. So if we begin to look at ourselves as existing for billions of years, if you do that right now, if you say to yourself, I'm not just somebody who's going to live 65, 75, 85, or 95 years. That I am not isolated. I'm a creature who really has a billions-year-old connection to things. And I have that wisdom embedded within me right now. And it's that wisdom that's responsible for the dreams that I have and Let's think about this now, that wisdom predates the dinosaurs and their extinction. It predates the trilobites, and it's survived those extinctions that wiped those creatures off the face of this planet forever. See, that's all in you right now. It's in me, and it's in you. And your genetics and your makeup, every cell of your body that makes you who you are, have that billions-year-old wisdom too. And so, while you may not technically have free will, the will that you do have, and the will that I have, is dependent on a billions-year-old mystery that's beyond the grasp of any conscious understanding or control. That's our truth. So I'd like for us to sit with that mystery for just, just 30 seconds here. The mystery that's within each one of us.
So the wise man will do what his belly dictates and never the sight of his eyes. Thus he will choose this, but not that. The master, master uses that wisdom that's embedded within him or her. So that's my challenge to you for the day. Go out and use some of that wisdom. Yeah, really. Go out and use some of that wisdom. Let's stop there for today. Thanks for sitting with me and have a good day.